Welcome to another edition of the Easy American English Podcast. I'm your host, Teacher Yvonne. The Easy American English Podcast was created to help English learners understand some of the more difficult concepts in English. So without further ado, let's get started. let's get started. This episode is about mood. Now, what do we mean when we say mood in English? Grammatical mood is what we're talking about. Grammatical mood, also known as mode, refers to the form of a verb in a sentence. More specifically, the mood denotes the tone of the verb in the sentence, so the intention of the writer or the speaker is clear. In English, we have five basic types of moods, conditional, imperative, indicative, interrogative, and subjunctive. The conditional mood is used when a sentence contains an auxiliary verb or a helping verb and the main verb. Typically, you will see auxiliary verbs like would or should in support of the main verb. Some common expressions are would like or should have. You may also see the if then, then that construct to indicate a condition. The words if and then clearly indicate that one condition is dependent upon another. For example, If he wasn't so pompous, then she would have helped him. Some other examples include, If I had more time, I would write a book. After we go for a swim, I would like to get a massage. Knowing his history of bad behavior, she should have said no. I would live in Paris if I had enough money. If he wasn't so late, then we would have had time for coffee. Now let's consider the imperative mood. The imperative mood is used to give orders or commands. The sentences are direct commands, telling someone what to do or giving them directions. In these sentences, the verb will express a direct call to action. And sometimes the subject, you, will just be understood as opposed to stated. Other times, it'll be very clear who the subject is. Some examples of the imperative mood are, move that car, make sure you send that email tomorrow, when you get home from school, clean your room, at 5th Street, turn left, Then get into and stay in the left lane. When you arrive at the airport, walk to gate 15. Now we're going to consider the indicative mood. And that mood is used to make factual statements and statements believed factual from the speaker's perspective. Most sentences are written in the indicative mood, sharing facts or details that we perceive to be correct. Some examples of the indicative mood are, 
I laugh whenever I see him. Their new kittens play all day. Sharon read that book in less than a day. He enjoyed his dinner. She travels to Mexico frequently. The interrogative mood is used to ask or pose questions. Just like interrogative sentences, the interrogative mood expresses a sense of uncertainty and seeks an answer. When dealing with the interrogative mood, there will typically be two verbs. One will be an auxiliary verb. Again, think of the auxiliary verb as a helping verb to provide further clarification for the main verb in the sentence. Common auxiliary verbs include are, be, do, and have. In sentences with an interrogative mood, the auxiliary verb will often come before the subject of the sentence. A question mark will also be required for appropriate punctuation. Here are some examples of sentences that use the interrogative mood. Are you going to the movies? When is your brother leaving for college? Where does she work? Did you bake a cake for dessert? Where have the workers gone? The last mood for consideration is the subjunctive mood. The subjunctive mood is used to express a wish, doubt, or anything else contrary to fact. The subjunctive verb in these sentences will show action, but it will be dependent upon some other action. A great way to spot sentences written in the subjunctive mood is to note the clause beginning with if. Then you'll clearly notice that the verb tends to express a doubt, a wish, or a hypothetical situation. Here are some examples of the subjunctive mood. If I were in your position, I'd never leave. Tanya wishes her sons were better at keeping their room clean. The teacher requires all students to be present for Thursday's event. Dr. Robinson suggested that Paul exercise three times a week. She demanded that Jason work the afternoon shift. In conclusion, mood or grammatical mood conveys a certain tone for your sentence. The moods are conditional, imperative, indicative, interrogative, and subjunctive. The mood of the verb is used to indicate a fact, make a command, ask a question, explain or establish a condition, or to make a wish. Learning to use the correct tone will help you express yourself more efficiently to help avoid confusion by the person with whom you are speaking or to whom you're writing. We're going to take a quick break and come back with those funny words. Welcome back. Today's funny words are climactic and climatic. Climactic, C-L-I-M-A-C-T-I-C, is an adjective, and it means forming a climax. Uh, now, you may say, mm, well, 
what is a climax. It's the most exciting or the most important part of a plot. So think about a story, a book, a play, or a movie. Um, the most important part that usually occurs at or near the end. Uh, it could be the most interesting or exciting part of something like a presentation. Um, a high point in something that is ascending or building. And it's also used to refer to the most intense point of sexual pleasure. Some examples of how to use climactic are the most climactic part of the movie was a little confusing. Meeting her birth mother was a climactic moment in Sandra's life. The climactic music brought the crowd to their feet. Climactic, C-L-I-M-A-C-T-I-C. -I -I now, climactic should not be confused with climactic. Climactic. C-L-I-M-A-T-I-C. Climatic. Climatic is an adjective that means of or relating to the climate or influenced by the climate. And climate means the average or prevailing weather conditions in a particular area or region or the prevailing influence or the environmental conditions characterized by a group or a time period. Some examples of how to use climatic are, a climatic shift has forced the insects in that region to reproduce rapidly. My fruit trees are suffering from climatic changes the climatic culture of the 1920s in the United States was replete with dramatic social and political change. Climatic. C-L-I-M-A-T-I-C. Climatic. Again, our funny words are climactic. Climactic. C-L-I-M-A-C-T-I-C, and that is an adjective that means forming a climax, and climatic, climatic, C-L-I-M-A-T-I-C, and that is an adjective that means related to the climate. So I hope those words were helpful. Stay tuned for our word of the day. Welcome back. Today's word of the day is one that we Americans have borrowed from the French, and it is provocateur. Provocateur. P-R-O-V-O-C-A-T-E-U-R. Provocateur. Provocateur is a noun, and it basically is someone that provokes. Some synonyms for provocateur are 
agitator, demagogue, exciter, firebrand, fomenter, insider, instigator, kindler, and rabble rouser. Some examples of how to use provocateur in a sentence are, she was a political provocateur in her own right. We're not sure which provocateur excited the crowd. I try to be the provocateur that gets everyone to eat dessert. Provocateur. Provocateur. P-R-O-V-O-C-A-T-E-U-R. Provocateur. that's going to do it for this episode of the Easy American English Podcast. I want to thank you once again for joining me and I hope that you were able to get some useful information from this episode. So until the next episode, stay safe.